this new company came to me and I had that shiny object syndrome where they kind of just dangled that carrot in front of me and I gave in without listening to my intuition. There was a little voice in my head and in my stomach that told me, this is not the right place for you. This is not a good sign. Run the other way. This is too good to be true. Hey, my name is Ariana, and as an immigrant, wife, young mother, and multi-passionate professional, I currently spend my days trying to figure out this crazy and unpredictable thing called life. After a few chaotic years learning from my mistakes in my early 20s, I've now struck that balance with full-time work at a fabulous tech company and a startup coaching business I run from home. So here we are, making the best of life curveballs and optimizing our opportunities. We talk about all things career, business, money, life, and mistakes and maybe even an after-hour conversation or two. So grab your coffee and pour your wine, and let's get inspired to embrace your weird, all while learning workshop style. The breakout session is about to begin. This is the Side Hustle Experience Podcast. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Side Hustle Experience. I am your host, Ediana Rosen, and this is episode number three. I am so excited that you're binging the show. That is why I wanted to prepare as many episodes as I could for the launch so you can stay on here and absorb all of the goodness. Today's episode is really special because I am finally getting vulnerable and sharing a lot of my experiences through my job search in 2020 and how that affected my mental health and the reason why I took a huge break from social media. Probably a lot of you who are OG followers noticed or didn't notice. I'm not sure. There was a lot going on in 2020, so I don't expect you to have noticed, but there was just a lot going on and That is just a lot of entanglement that I want to get out there and tell you that you are not alone if you are currently struggling with your mental health and job search. So today's topic is going to be all about how to protect yourself and your mental health, your mental state when it comes to looking for a new job, when you are unemployed, when you're still looking because you got laid off or furloughed from 2020 and you're still in the same boat. I'm here to tell you that I was actually unemployed for 18 months since the pandemic. And I finally have landed my dream job at my dream company. And so I'm so excited to share with you all of the tips and tricks that I was able to find along the way that really helped me kind of get myself back into the mental state that I needed to be in order for me to land that dream job. I do not want to tease it any longer. I want to go ahead and jump right in and tell you that, you know, this is a very important topic because I feel as though a lot of people don't talk about it, specifically for me, because as you may know, I always keep it very business-like and very tactical, and I try to keep myself out of the personal stories. But that was one of the goals of creating this podcast is to just really be as relatable as possible, to really tell you the stories behind the curtain and tell you the things that I wish I would have heard somewhere else. I just felt like I could not relate to anybody because no one was actually talking about it. And now that I'm a little bit more removed from the situation, I'm here to tell you that it was a lot to deal with, but I came out on the other side, which is why I kind of wanted to wait to tell you the story, to tell you not only the story, but to let you know that it is possible to get out of that entanglement. (laughs) That's the word that I'm going to use for it. So finding a job is the easiest thing I've ever had to do. Set no one ever. (laughs) Joke's on you. No, no. But to be honest, job searching is one of the hardest things that you can probably do in your career and personal life. Finding a job is hard, it's hard work, and it is extremely heavy on your mental health. 
I mean, for awkward interviews and long interviews, being ghosted, being rejected, being questioned or diminished, or even worse, being led on by a company that knows it's not going to really hire you, but they want to have you on the pipeline for some strange reason. And you know what? This comes as a double-edged sword for me because I am a recruiter. I am on both sides of the coin, right? I can see the process from the inside and I'm also on the other side when I'm a job seeker. I'm not searching for jobs. And so I feel like to be a good recruiter, you have to have empathy because we are all job seekers at the end of the day. That's one of the main leadership traits that I pride myself in having is to have that empathy for people, to really put myself in their shoes, to have that ability to put myself in your shoes. And so that's why I'm so interested in divulging all of this information to you today in this episode, because I've been there. So if you can relate with what I just said, you know, awkward interviews, long interview processes, being ghosted, getting rejected, being questioned or diminished, or even worse, being led on by companies, let me know by heading on to our Instagram account. It is Side Hustle Experience. I'm happy to hear from you and tell you what I went through more specifically and have that conversation one-to-one because that's what I love to do. But the point here is that there is a lot of up and downs when it comes to the job search. Sometimes you can feel hopeless, like there's just no end in sight. There's no light at the end of the tunnel. I've been there. I was there not too long ago. But that being said, I do want you to know that you are not alone, first of all, and that there will be a resolution to it. I know that you might be in the thick of things right now and feel like, well, it's easy for you to say because you just landed your dream job. And yes, that's true. But it was 18 months of this back and forth, 18 months of this turmoil of me feeling like I was never going to get a job. I was like, oh my goodness, I just graduated from my master's degree a year and a half ago and I am jobless. I am unemployed. I am teaching people how to get jobs and I cannot get a job myself. How embarrassing. There was so much that was going through my mind. There was a lot of pressure that I was putting on myself. And so today, I just want to go ahead and share my own experience, my own story with job search and mental health, because 2020 was a tough year, very tough. Also in this episode, I'm going to be breaking down some of the tips that I gathered to continue my job search with a positive mindset and a positive outlook and things, which again is what truly led me to landing my dream job at Google. So job search depression, and I do want to give a disclaimer. I'm not a mental health professional. Mental health is a serious topic. So I just want to put a disclaimer that if you are going through a tough time, if you are having issues right now, whether you are depressed or having anxiety or any other type of thoughts that has to do with your mental health, please, please, please reach out for help. I will be leaving some numbers and links in the show notes for you to look at if you are in need of somebody to help you professionally on this. You know, sometimes when you're job searching, it's just a broken cycle that you cannot just get out of. It's like, you know, generational cycles, right? When you're in your family and you have these traumas that just are passed on from generations to generations. That's exactly what it feels like when you are job searching. You can't break it. The longer you are in the thick of it, the longer you are unemployed, the longer you are searching for jobs, the more disappointed you become, the less hopeful you are about finding a new job or finding a job at all if you are unemployed or finding a role one after school, or getting out of a toxic environment. And that is one of the pieces of the story that I want to tell you today. You know, it's it's very devastating when you are in a very toxic environment. All you want to do is get out. You want to claw yourself out of that space and that environment and that negativity, but you just cannot seem to find a way out. So to tell you a little bit about my story and how everything started, it all started in 
beginning of 2019 when I was in a dead-end job, to be honest, a job that I adored and loved for the longest time. I was there for four years and I just had hit rock bottom to the point where I had exhausted all of my avenues of trying to be promoted. I had been promoted already twice in that company, but I wanted to stay. I wanted to find a new job that I felt fulfillment in, that I felt as though it was doing justice to my skills. And I had just graduated from my master's. And so I wanted to put that into practice and there were just no opportunities for me. And so I left that job that I had outgrown, obviously, but because I was so desperate in my mind of just finding a job that really knew what I wanted to do, that honored the fact that I went back to school. And I had that entitlement. I'm not going to lie. I had that entitlement mentality of like, I need them to promote me. I deserve to be promoted. And that's not a bad mentality to have, but sometimes, you know, you just have to be patient and give things time. And that's what I didn't have. This new company came to me and I had that shiny object syndrome where they kind of just dingled that carrot in front of me and I gave in without listening to my intuition. There was a little voice in my head and in my stomach that told me, this is not the right place for you. This is not a good sign. Run the other way. This is too good to be true. But I ignored all of those signs, which is not really like me, but I did. And so I decided to accept this job. It turned out to be the worst nightmare in my career, the worst experience I've ever had in my professional experience and potentially the worst mistake I've ever made. I mean, they promised me the world. They told me all these things. They told me that they wanted change, that they wanted somebody who can question the status quo and put policies in place. Mind you, I'm in human resource management and recruitment. So policies, implementations, recruiting, culture, all of that, my jam my zone of genius, what I like to talk about. But it didn't turn out to be that way. And I won't get into too much of the details as of what happened, but I was verbally abused at this job. I, I was, I was trained in this job. I was used. I was gaslighted. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. You know, I did a little bit of research on the effects that a toxic work environment can have on you. And There are a lot of negative things that happen to you when you're in a toxic work environment. And I'm not throwing that word around very lightly. I'm not somebody who uses toxic work environment very lightly because I'm in HR. And I know sometimes people utilize that word because it's a trigger word for other things to take place. But I know for a fact that this was a toxic work environment because there was a lot of gossip going around. There was a lot of the directors and people who were in high places just doing whatever they wanted, not upholding policies. If policies were in place only affected people below them. There was a lot of sexism going around, a lot of inappropriate comments. Again, the list goes on and on and on where I, I hope that you can trust that I do not throw that word around very lightly. So I would hope that you can trust me on the fact that it was the worst experience I've ever had. I cannot say that enough. Because of this, you know, there's a few good things that came out of this. This is where my career coaching business started because somebody who was just getting out of that toxic work environment because of the same reasons asked me to help them find a new job. And somehow I was able to help other people find new jobs. Somehow I was able to encourage other people and coach them through the negative things, but I was unable to do that for myself. Not knowing that all I needed was a coach myself to kind of get me out of that situation. But I just didn't know any better back then. I didn't even know what coaching was. Being in that negative environment, being in that toxic space is sometimes why I tell my coaching clients that the job searching journey is a very mindset game driven, right? It's about 75% of your job search is going to be mindset most of the time. Okay. So keep that in mind when I'm telling you this story. 
And so, you know, moving forward to what I wanted to tell you, because I was being treated so poorly at this job, I had very low, very low self-esteem, low regard about myself and who I was. My confidence was out the window. I was constantly questioning myself. Imposter syndrome was through the roof. Always just coming home with horrible stories, negative thoughts, and all these crazy things in my mind. I was doubting who I was. I was doubting my abilities. I was doubting my professionalism. I was doubting my intelligence. I was doubting every piece of my being that I call myself when it comes to my profession and my career. And so when it was time to look for another job, and then I got rejected, I thought that it was a reflection of who I was as a person and a professional, which is dangerous, which is a dangerous place to be. Because again, as I tell my clients and tell you, getting rejected from a job has nothing to do with you, has nothing to do with your abilities, has nothing to do with you personally. And we're going to go into that in a little bit, but I just wanted to kind of get that piece out of the way. And with that being said, I became this super negative, pessimistic person, which I'm normally not at all. I'm a cynic person, considering when I grew up in, you know, a third world country and people always wanting something from you and having second intentions. So I was always a cynical person, but I was never pessimistic. I was never negative, but that's when it kind of clicked for me. That's when I knew that I needed to leave that place because my husband told me one night we were sitting on the couch. I was talking about something and he was like, you know, I'm just not liking this new you. You're just so negative. And wow, that just hit me, hit me like a pile of bricks. Like that ice challenge that you've seen in 2018, people just getting buckets of ice thrown on them. I was shocked. I was taking it back. And I'm glad that he said that because it kind of opened my eyes because that's what a toxic work environment can do for you alongside having to look for another job. And not to leave it there, I actually did some research on this because I want to be able to have some data to back this up and not just anecdotal information. But there was a research done by Pew Research Center about this topic in America. It wasn't done worldwide, but it was just done in America. And that's important to note. And they found that 53% of people felt a part of their identity got lost during the job search process. 53% of people who answered this survey believed that a part of them was just gone because of this job hunting process. They also find that 56% of people said they experienced more anxiety and depression during their search of employment or people who were unemployed. I mean, the unemployment piece is a little bit like, of course, you're going to be anxious and depressed because if you're unemployed, you don't have money coming in, you have people depending on you. But that is an astronomical number, I'd say. 56%, that's very high. And then 41% of people, which is what shocked me, said or revealed that they experienced more conflict around friends and family, which is what I experienced because of that negativity and always looking at things in a negative way. And it's just not me. So that's why my husband was just like, who are you? Like, why are you being this way? Which is like, sometimes it's important to have somebody who's close to you kind of call you out on these things. You know, it makes you realize that In fact, you are not you. In fact, these people are making you someone else. In fact, these people are making you turn into someone else that you're not, being in that survival mode. That doesn't have to be your reality. You don't have to be part of the 53%. You don't have to be part of the 56%. You don't have to be part of the 41%. There are many ways that you can minimize the negative mental health impact that a job search can have on you. And I'm going to walk you through those. Hey there. If you are enjoying the podcast, I would so much appreciate it if you could subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It would help the show reach more multi-passionate professionals, and it gives me feedback on what direction to take future episodes. I have linked a tutorial on how to do so in the show notes. 
Now, back to the episode. But before we go into that, I do have some tips on things to keep in mind around your mental health so that you can check yourself during your job process because there's so many things that you can do to avoid getting into that mental state to begin with. Because that's what we want to get at. We want to avoid having those thoughts. We want to avoid getting depressed. We want to avoid getting anxious about finding a new job. Here are some things that I noticed with my research and the things that I've gathered with my clients as well as with myself. The first thing that I've noticed with candidates, clients, and myself is that sometimes you are shooting your shot. And I love that saying from recruiters, shooting your shot. And what that means is that you're probably applying for jobs that are not the right jobs for you. And so when you apply for the wrong jobs, you are setting yourself up for failure, guaranteed. And so when you are setting yourself up for failure, what are going to be the results? What are you going to get in return? Probably a rejection, most likely ghosted, most likely uh, an automatic message telling you as soon as you apply, sorry, we have reviewed your resume, but you're not the right fit, or we have decided to go with other candidates. Because you are shooting your shot without doing your homework, without realizing that you're not qualified for the job. But don't get me wrong. I tell my clients, you do not, specifically my women clients who tend to not apply for jobs when they're not 100% qualified, you can absolutely apply for a job that you're not 100% qualified for. But you need to have at least 65% of those job requirements because the reality is, you know, we're in business for a reason. Companies are going to hire somebody who needs some training, but not all the training, right? And with that being said, you know, you can be the most qualified person in the world, but applying to the wrong department with the wrong years of experience or even worse, not tailoring your resume for that job is most likely going to set you up for failure and you're not going to get the job. That's just the reality of things. And so in order for you to avoid that, you have to make sure you're reading the job description very thoroughly and asking yourself the honest question of, am I qualified enough to do this job? Because the reality here is not to go all the way of being 100% check, 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 check all of the boxes, not at all. That's not even an expectation on our end as recruiters. And I don't want to generalize, but in my case, when I see a resume that has at least majority of the things or at least 65% of the job requirements, I am more than happy to have a conversation with you because I do know that writing good resumes is a skill. I'm going to say that again. Writing a good resume is a skill. And it's not something I'm expecting every single person to know how to do or every single person to have the privilege to be able to pay $600 to have somebody else to write it for them. So don't let that derail you the wrong way, but just keep that in mind that if you are applying for a marketing job and you've been a teacher your whole life, that's going to raise some flags unless you tailor your resume in a way that's going to make you look like a marketer or the reasons behind why you want to switch careers to begin with. But that's a whole other topic for another podcast. So let's not derail. Remember, companies are hiring the best possible employees that can match their culture, the requirements of the job, and that will be there for the long term. Because at the end of the day, companies spend thousands of dollars in manpower, in training hours, in recruiting fees, hosting platforms, all of that stuff, thousands and thousands of dollars to hire the right people. So if they have the slightest doubt that you're not qualified or that you won't get trained fast enough to be qualified, they won't hire you. They won't even entertain the idea of chatting with you. The next thing that we have to keep in mind is being negative about the outcome or even worse, attaching yourself to it personally. I'm going to say that again. Being negative about the outcome or attaching yourself personally to the results. I know that it's easier said than done. Trust me, I've been there. But you have got to stop 
taking it personally. It's not a personal transaction. It is a business transaction. You are selling a business, meaning what it is you do, your skills, your experience for your nine to five, and the company is paying you a salary. There's exchange of goods and services. Therefore, it is a transactional experience, a transactional relationship. So stop taking it personally. When somebody rejects you, it's not you personally, it's something else. Here are the many factors, and there's many more, but here are some factors that you can think of when you are not getting the job that could potentially have to do directly with the reason why you didn't get the job. One, nepotism. Hey. (laughs) An internal hire. They most of probably hire somebody internally and they gave that person the leg up because they're already in the company. They know that they know how to navigate the culture and so on and so forth. And they most likely are going to replace the other person that they decided to hire for that role. Most likely they have budget constraints and they realize that they probably posted the wrong role for the qualified person they needed and they just didn't have the budget. Changing scope, the amount of responsibility that person was going to have, the team that they were going to oversee. Maybe the person that was going to oversee the team was changing jobs. There's just so many moving pieces, so many factors that can go into the reason why you didn't get the job. These are the reasons why you should keep in mind that it's not you, it's them. This is the one time that I would absolutely agree when people say it's not you, it's them, because it's the reality. It's true. And the third reason why I want you to keep in mind and check for your mental health when it comes to job searching before we get into how to minimize it or how to deal with it once you're in it, but there's ways to avoid it. And the third thing that I can tell you about that is remove the pressure of yourself. Again, this is another thing that is easier said than done. But there's so much outside pressure already on you from your family, from your friends, from your colleagues, from your network for you to get that job, which is why sometimes people don't chat about their job searching journey or don't ask for help because there's just so much pressure of like, if I don't get this job, people are going to be disappointed in me. If I don't get this job, I'm not going to be able to feed my family. If I don't get this job, I'm not going to be able to pay my rent. All of those outside factors are already eating up at you. They already are giving you all this anxiety. They already are giving you all this pressure. So why putting pressure on yourself? Outside factors are pressure enough if you ask me. And you know, one of the biggest reasons why sometimes we get anxious is because we are worried that someone else depends on us to bring in the income and that's okay. So please try to be kind to yourself and try to not put so much pressure on yourself since there's just so much pressure already from the outside. So there's no need for that little nagging voice in your head to make it worse. So now that we've talked about how to avoid getting to that point in your mental health state, Now, let's say that you're there because that's where I was. And I would have wanted tips on how to minimize it, how to deal with that, and all of the other good stuff. Okay, so the first thing that comes to the job search and how to protect your mental health is to create some structure around your search. You know, it is true what they say that searching for a job is like a whole nother full-time job. It could be true sometimes. So you just have to make sure that you are having some structure to your day structure to your week, structure to your month. Okay. Today I'm going to strictly just look at jobs that I'm interested in. Tomorrow I'm going to be applying to the jobs that are available and that I'm still interested in. Or you take another day and just go ahead and fix your resume according to the trends you're seeing in the job search. Creating a schedule and boundaries around your job search are really going to be essential. So that you can have some sort of control because the thing is that when it comes to the job search, there's just so many moving factors that have nothing to do with you and there's no way you can control them. So why not take initiative on the things that you can control, like creating a schedule 
incorporating, you know, some sort of structure in your daily job search so that it can help you create small wins every day. And that way you have more of a positive outcome in your mind of, you know, at least today I applied to 10 jobs. That makes me feel good because I'm putting myself out there. There's truth in numbers, right? So that's number one. Number two is to seek out emotional support. I cannot stress this enough. Regardless of your situation, if you are dealing with any type of mental health issue or some sort of anxiety or depression, anything, nothing is going to fix it, but trying to seek out emotional support for professional help. You know, the job search, again, can really come up with a lot of challenges, fears, limiting beliefs, you name it. But really battling all of that stuff inside is not going to do you any good. And it's what really takes you up to this exploding mentality of, I'm not good enough. And at any moment, it's just going to be like this snowball effect that is just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger if you don't talk about it. And trust me, I am the queen of battling things up. It's not a badge of honor, but I'm just being vulnerable here and telling you the truth. And I've noticed and I've learned throughout the years as I get older, as I have kids, that it is very important to protect your mental energy, your mental health, because you cannot be the best mom you can be. You cannot be the best friend. You cannot be the best daughter. You cannot be the best spouse if you're not taking care of yourself. You cannot pour out of our empty cup. You cannot pour out out of an empty cup. Did you hear that? And that is for my type A's. That is for my overly ambitious women listening to this podcast. You cannot pour out out of an empty cup. And I'm sure you've heard that before, but let that sink in. And I am getting sassy, you guys. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm like recording this episode and I'm just like, woo, moving my hands and just telling it like it is. Like if I'm looking at you right now, because I really want this to hit home. Mental health, it is extremely important and it's not talked about enough, which is why I'm just so fired up about this right now because I didn't see anybody talking about mental health while I was going through this. It's like, I must be alone on this, but you're not. And I am actually thinking of a great guest that I can bring on who specializes on mental health during the job search. And I admire the crap out of him. I won't mention his name in case he doesn't want to come on, but I will be inviting him very soon to come on and talk to us about actual tactics because he does have a degree in mental health. And I think it would be so awesome to have him on. So I'll bring him on to talk about more tips, but I just wanted to kind of give you the things that have helped me and have helped my clients. So going back to the second thing that I told you was to seek out emotional help support. And that is to just talk to somebody, whether it's your therapist or your spouse or your best friend, somebody whom you trust, who you know is not going to give you judgment, who you know is just going to be there to listen to what it is that you're going through and potentially giving you some tips on how to do better or just getting your emotions out. Sometimes just getting everything that's bottled up out of your chest helps a ton, a lot more than you would imagine. The third thing I want to mention is to take a break. (laughs) It's so mundane and easy, but just take a break. Again, this is a lot harder for people who are currently unemployed because you just have to get a job and I get it. That's where I was. But sometimes you have to give yourself a break because you're only human. And when you're in that negative mental state or where you're about to get into that negative mental state, jobs are not going to come your way at all. Listen, when I took my break of 13 months of searching for jobs unsuccessfully during the pandemic, I was pregnant at the moment as well, which made things just a lot more complicated with the hormones and, you know, self-doubt of like, what if they find out I'm pregnant? But that's a whole other topic. I took my break and magically two weeks later, I got three, 
three LinkedIn messages of people wanting to talk to me about a job opportunity. No joke. Which I went to two interviews out of those three because the third one just didn't sound like something that I would be interested in doing. So I decided to turn it down. But the other two I had interviews with and one of them, the interview was so long that I had already had my daughter at the time. The other one, I was still pregnant. They gave me an offer, but when they found out I was pregnant, they decided to take the offer back. That's on a whole other topic too. There's just so many topics that can come out of this conversation. But what I'm telling you is once you take a break and kind of look from the bigger picture, as opposed to just have your hand in the sand, day to day, day in and day out, just looking for the same exact thing, doing the same exact thing, expecting different results. Sometimes you just have to take a step back, take a break, even if it's a day or two that you can take a break to analyze what it is that you're doing wrong because something is wrong and something is not working. And so taking a break and really just make you understand what could I be doing differently that can give me different results. That's exactly what I did. All right, so those are the three main things that I can think of right now that really helped me avoid getting into that black hole that I was in 2020. In the beginning of 2021, I was kind of sparking up my search again after I had my daughter. And then I was getting into that mental state again. I was like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. I cannot go through the same exact thing I went last year because I cannot handle it. I have a brand new baby. I have a toddler that are depending on me emotionally, physically, and all other aspects of my life that I cannot let them down. So I decided to take a step back for myself, for my kids, for my husband, and for my sanity to know that there has to be a better way to do this. And so to recap those three points, the first thing is to get organized. Make sure that you're giving yourself some structure around your job search. The second thing is to seek out emotional help. Even if you don't think you need it, just talking to somebody about how hard it's been for you to find a job can really help you more than you think. The third thing is to take a break. I'll make a caveat here that I know it's probably hard for people who are currently unemployed, but even if it's just one day to reevaluate your strategy can really help and change out the game for you. Those are the main three things that I want to mention about how you can deal or minimize with mental health issues when you are searching for a job. I certainly hope that was helpful. Certainly hope that that was insightful. And <laughs> let me know by commenting on my Instagram, Side Hustle Experience on Instagram, if you sense my spiciness, if you sense my Latin excitement about this, because I, oh, I am just full fired up about talking about this. And many other episodes are coming up with guests that can really give you other insights and perspective. That's the reason I want to bring people on to give you another perspective on things. But man, you are not alone. And I want you to leave this episode knowing that you are not alone. This is going to get better. And remember, you're in their driver's seat right now. There's just so many job opportunities. Companies are dying to get good candidates like you listening to this podcast. Because if you are listening to this, you are an ambitious, badass woman. And I know it for a fact. Okay, so don't let bad experiences, previous experiences, rejection or ghosting tell you otherwise because you are amazing, you are qualified, you are a badass, you're ambitious, and you have what it takes. You just have to have some processes into place that are going to help you get there. All right, so as I've mentioned before, if you have any questions, please contact me on Instagram. I am there, I am here for you. There are going to be a bunch of resources and links in the show notes, so make sure to check that out. But without any further ado, I'm just going to let you go and definitely expect you to come back to listen to the next episode. Same place, same time. Over and out. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode, and I hope that it served you well. If you enjoyed it or found it to be something that resonated with you, share that takeaway with me over on Instagram so that the community can also see it. 
And if you tag me at Side Hustle Experience, I will be sure to reshare it. Your support and feedback means the world to me. I hope to have you back on the next episode at the same time, same place. Over and out.